Hello everyone, welcome to Black Plus Coffee, a podcast that's all about coffee and nothing else. My name is Philip, I'm one of the co-hosts, uh, the other one is Moses, unfortunately he's not here at the moment. But yeah guys, welcome, I uh, just want to welcome you if this is your first time listening to us. And for those who have been listening to our podcast for a while, uh, welcome again, hope you have been keeping in uh, touch with us uh, i know we haven't released anything in a while but we are back guys we are back with an exciting episode uh where we are talking nothing but colombian coffee with guys from Saboris. so it's gonna be exciting hope you're gonna enjoy it uh it's really nice to get to know more about colombia coffee what does it take to be a green bean exporter uh, importer as well so it's really exciting and i hope you're gonna enjoy it as well uh, but in the meantime do follow us on instagram check our content out uh do listen to old episodes as well don't uh, yeah don't be left behind there's still a lot of content that's coming as well but yeah please do follow us uh do get in touch if you want to get in touch about something maybe sponsorship or just yeah to tell us that we are amazing and we great as a podcast uh, we appreciate every support that we have gotten so far and we would have not been here um, because of uh, that so great guys i hope you want to enjoy this episode anyway let me not talk for too long because i can do that if i want to but yeah welcome to our episode about colombian coffee we're gonna talk to nicole and jose from Cyborus and they're gonna explain more about uh, Cyborus, what they do, the coffees that they've got. It's an exciting batch. If you haven't seen them yet, uh, do check them out on Instagram. They have this amazing Colombian coffee that just uh, got into the country recently. It's exciting. We are fortunate to get uh, samples of the coffee as well. Moses and I enjoyed it quite a lot. So uh do check them out if you are want to buy green bean as well these are the great guys to start with especially if you want something exotic something different uh something flavorful different experimental processes of like it's really really exciting so do check them out you'll hear from the episode so we interviewed them and it's gonna be great uh, it was great actually so uh do like send out uh feedback if you have any or if you want to get in contact drop us an email at blackpluscoffee at gmail.com or send us a dm on instagram as well we're still there uh so you'll see new things that are coming up but yeah we are really excited about this episode so do check it out and guys hopefully you'll enjoy it grab yourself a cup of tea cup of coffee actually cup of coffee not tea <laughs> and enjoy the episode with it and yeah get to learn more about what colombian coffee is all about and get to learn more about nicole and joseph they're great people so anyway enjoy it uh, please welcome um jose and uh, nicole from cyborgers and if you are tuned in in our last episode last year, we had invited them. They are a Colombian green um, coffee supplier. So they provide only Colombian specialty coffee beans. Um, and if you just want to know about them, who they are and stuff like that, please do visit their website. Um, we'll attach it on the show notes. And as well, you can check out the last episode that we did with them just to get a brief of who they are and what they are all about. 
But today, uh, we are doing something a bit different from the last time. We're not just getting to know them, but as well, we are quite excited about the new coffees that you guys have, have brought into, into South Africa as well. Because the last conversation that we had with you, you were still trying to organize shipment to bring coffees in, green beans in, in our country. How has that process been? Um, throughout um, until you guys eventually brought uh, green beans, was it last month? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. It's very nice to chat to you guys again. And uh, our the process, we we're now on our fifth shipment uh, from Colombia, and our new coffees arrived last month. Mm. And it, it is quite a lengthy process. Um, we waited probably about four months uh, for the shipment to arrive, but it's here. It made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you said it arrived last month. Last month. Or last, last month. month. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Month. We are currently like, last night. Yeah, how and how was the process like in terms of time, in terms of transportation as well, cost and all those stuff as well? Like, well, yeah, what were the challenges having to wait for four months? And yeah, that's a, I'm sure that's in itself is stressful. So it, it is quite a lengthy process. So yeah. I'll, I'll walk you through how it goes then from the day that we place an order to when it gets to us. Um, so before we can place an order, we normally get in touch with the producers, the farmers and our agent on, on that side of Colombia and we find out what coffees they have available, what's new, what's funky, what do they recommend uh, and we always keep an eye on, on the back of our heads, you know, price is also a very important factor when we decide on which coffees we're going to bring. Um, then we will tell them, okay, we would like to try this and this and this coffee and they will send us samples, green samples. And we have our ro little home roaster at home. So we roast them and then we will cup the coffees. Jose and I will either cup them by ourselves uh, and then we will also uh, invite some friends, roasters, uh, cafe owners and we'll all cup together. Um, and then with that, we'll decide. We also have some clients that will pre-order coffees just for them. So it's a kind of a mutual uh, decision for us and some roasters. And uh, then from the moment we place our order, then the coffees needs to be processed. Uh, it goes to the mold where it needs to be mold, packed, then get on the container. And then from the container, we need to get a ship that's available. That's always a, a headache. And then get a ship also with the best possible rates. And then it sails from Colombia to us. It can either go up to China, like the previous time. It can go anywhere in the UK or, you know, or Europe. And then it comes to us. So the, on, the, on ship and on sea, it can take anything from 45 to 90 days. Sure. The, the it's, it's long. It's very long. And then once the ship gets here, sometimes it lies in the harbor for quite a long time because, you know, Cape Town has a lot of wind. We're very 
placed with very hectic winds so then our ship might be stranded a, a, for a while there as well it gets to the port here and then it gets to us so that whole process can take anything from from four to six months sure and in that time as well does i don't know like because when uh when coffee has been roasted there's a uh, shelf life to it in a sense does it affect the coffee's quality like being because of you arriving in four months or I don't know if it's like it being raw, it's able to retain as much flavor as possible. Uh, it's just a random question I thought right now. Uh, no, it is a very point. important, it is a very important question, Philip, because um, specialty coffee and the way we ship uh, Colombian coffee through Sabores, uh, it all goes from fresh crops. So the moment it leaves Colombia, after the process that Nicole has just told you, from the moment we cup down till it leaves Colombia, it's been probably around almost three to four months already. Uh, mm. Then the coffee is fresh, which means that it was probably harvested and milled over the last month to two months before getting on the ship. Mm. And then from there, those three months that it spends on board, it's about, let's say, six to seven months. Um, however, the coffee that we bring comes always protected in a specific package called grain pro uh, which is a brand but that type of bag which is a thick plastic bag that protects grains in general food products and especially green coffee beans comes very well sealed and outside there will come your traditional uh, jute bag and it comes in a container where there's only coffee nothing else uh, with uh, some things that they put there also to catch humidity uh, inside the container during the transportation. So although it is quite a long process, uh, even though it takes uh, a few months to arrive, the coffee is still almost, let's say, as fresh as when it left from origin because of the way it is packed. And uh, thanks to the fact that green beans actually have quite a long shelf life so yeah. south african roasters can uh, uh, be at ease knowing that the coffees that land here coming all the way there although it is a long process are still very fresh to roast sure that's awesome that's that's awesome i mean it's quite a, a lengthy process like you have said and in terms of you guys whenever you receive the green samples is there any specific um taste or flavor notes or is there any specific criteria that you guys use to select the coffees that you want to bring forth? Is it dependent also on the uh, South African specialty coffee scene as well and how you guys obviously have interacted with different roasters and the market? Is it dependent on that or do you guys have a specific criteria? There's, there's a few things that will influence the coffees that we choose. Um, definitely a lot of what the market wants. We will talk a lot to roasters and ask them what it is that they want, what flavors are they looking for, what type of coffees are they looking for. And based on that, we will make a decision. Also, again, very important, price range uh, plays a role. Um, and then also what we like. We will always put some coffees on the table what we think is like, this is amazing. No one wants it yet, but we need to put it in here because yeah. we love it. 
So there's there's a few things that affect um, our decision. Our gut, um, our instinct. Our gut, our instinct. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and can you talk us through the coffees that you have in store? Uh, we were fortunate to receive uh, the package that you sent us, guys. Really Thank you. appreciate that. And in there was eleven Thank different you. coffees, I think. Uh, and I, I just want to, we want to get to know more about the coffees as well. Can you just talk us through the different coffees? Moses was in yeah. the point there. Yeah, the, the washed one. Uh, and and I had, um, for the very first time, the, the natural hydro, um, is it the natural uh, honey? I've never had such a coffee before. Uh, that's an interesting processing method. If you could also like just um, explain what those uh, processing methods, how do they go about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but can you, yeah, just talk us through the coffees that you have, yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll Go try to it. make it short because the thing yeah. is that Sabores loves to offer to the South African public a huge variety of yeah. what our name means, which is a huge variety of flavors. Yeah. And like Nicole was saying, when we choose coffee, we love to choose one flavor like this, another flavor like that, another like that, and we are yeah. very lucky to have coffees coming from a single country that have so many different cup profiles. And those cup profiles depend not only on the variety of the coffee, uh, as you have seen on the sample box that you guys received, there are caturras, there are pink bourbons, there are purple caturras, there are Castillo, Colombia, and anyways. Not only we have this array of flavors because of the different varieties, but we also have it thanks to what you're asking, which is the different processing methods. Um, yeah. We love the fact that the farmers that we currently uh, partner with have constant innovation thirst. So they're always trying to break the mold, break the rules in terms of traditional processing, like you know, your traditional washed or your traditionally, which is not a Colombian thing, but let's say a more traditional African thing, which would be a natural or a honey process, which usually would come from Central America. They do all those three, but we were fortunate to get our hands on different processes, such as the one that you're mentioning. Let's say one that you're mentioning is from Elkin Guzman. He developed this process called natural hydro honey. <laughs> And what does that long name mean? Basically, a mix of those three different processes. He will first let the coffee <coughs> dry for a period of a few days as a natural, which means that the coffee cherries are picked and let dry under the sun with the skin on. Once they're dry to a certain point, he then takes them and put them, puts them in a barrel with water and then rehydrates them. That's the natural hydro part of it. And then after that, pulps them, but does not wash them and there is still the mucilage in them and lets them dry as a honey. So that is the natural hydro honey. For everyone, it's important to understand that what we're calling a process is basically a fermentation method. So it's letting the coffees ferment first as natural, ferment as uh, in, in, in water, and then ferment uh, with the mucilage, which is the fleshy part of the bean on until a certain amount of days. And that coffee is absolutely amazing. 
that's one of the new processes that we have. We also have several fermentation methods. Uh, some of them will be aerobic, which will be that the coffee is left to ferment in open uh, barrels or in open areas. Some of them will be anaerobic, which in there we can put in the carbonic maceration uh, that uh, is quite now a very popular method where they seal the tanks where they put the cherries, they extract the oxygen and they can uh, inject CO2. Uh, that is to ferment the coffees in such a different way that there will be some microbes working there that will give the coffee certain notes. Um, we have uh, black honey uh, for the first time uh, within our coffees from uh, El Placer, uh, which uh, the black comes from the color that the coffee cherry takes while drying as a honey. Uh, and. Uh, we have culturing, that's right, we have culturing, which is another fermentation method where they mix the coffee cherries with a starter culture. A starter culture, so as the one that you would use for baking. Yeah. So, uh, food grade yeasts mixed with fruits, and then you would come up with a coffee culture with fruits. Sorry, <laughs> that sounds very exciting. Yeah, like I, I don't think we've ever thought, um, Philip and myself, when we started just to explore coffee, that <laughs> coffee would be this, um, this interesting, you know, the process behind, um, like what you just simply explained. And we found this coffee that we've tasted some of them to be quite explosive <laughs> um, with, with, with flavor. It's not something that you expect in a, in a normal coffee. They're just so so different. And, and I think you guys are paying a huge role in, in growing the specialty coffee scene as well, that we are able to taste these interesting processing methods. Yeah, I, I remember even my favorite moment has always been trying that IPA coffee, it's simple, bro. <laughs> uh, like, I, I still remember it now. <laughs> That's how great it has been, like, yeah. just trying coffees that you guys are bringing, and it's exciting. That's why I even asked having a question on uh, new uh, processing methods as well, because it's just things that blow our mind, like culturing coffee, uh, hydro, <laughs> natural, honey. <laughs> like that, that is so mind-blowing. And on that as well, can we can you talk us through about your producers as well? Um, uh, because I think most people tend to not give producers a bit of uh, the spotlight that they deserve. Uh, they do almost like most of a job to get the coffees to you guys and to everyone actually, for even for us as customers to enjoy. Can you talk us through yeah them? How was the process of working with them? Um, yeah, how did you find it and what do you enjoy about working with your producers that you get coffees from? Okay, so we we love the producers that we're, we're working with and we're very fortunate that we have a direct relationship with them. Um, that we don't, you know, we're always in contact with them. We, mm. how we got to the current producers that we have is we actually one of them was Jose's neighbor growing up in Colombia. Uh, and his mom told us, listen, do you know Nicolas has a coffee farm? You need to get in contact with him. He's doing great stuff. 
as I got in contact with Nicolas, Nicolas got us in contact with our exporter, with his co-exporter. Um, it was like a snowball effect. One person introduced us then to the next. We got to a new farmer, uh, Alken. Alken introduced us to Rodrigo. And, and it's all like, like I said, a snowball yeah. effect. They all know each other. They all learn from each other. And they, it's a big community. And um, with meeting the one, we got to know another one. And um, so we have a number of producers that we, that we work with with our amazing co-exporter in Colombia, ClearPath, um, which we cannot do this without them. Um, and we, we have become like a little family with our, our producers. Um, yeah. Luckily, because Jose speaks the language, he, they can easily get in touch, they chat on WhatsApp daily. Uh, if roasters have a question we can get them in touch with the farmer if we have a question about the coffees they're always um, and we love how open-minded they are with their coffees and how they are not afraid to experiment new things and um, Colombia was actually very strict on its rules of having your traditional washed arabica coffees but they were like no we're gonna try something fun we want to do specialty we want to experiment and, and they've done just that and they're doing amazing things and they're also so passionate about what they do and they're so proud and that in return makes us extremely proud to have their product in south africa um and we've like i said this is our first shipment shipment and so far we've we, we always try to bring from each one of them every single time because we don't want to change them because they're so amazing. Um, and then every time one of them will say like, do you know this person? Try bringing it from this person's coffee. So we have also now again a new farmer that we, that we brought from Paula. So we also have two female farmers um, doing amazing things, Claudia Zamboni and Paula Concha. And they're all amazing in what they do and also amazing people. And I just want to add that we love the fact that although these farmers are very well experienced and world renowned, they're all very young. So sure. that's why they have this spirit of always trying to innovate, trying mm -hmm. to not only break them all to bring something different, but also that means that they're going to earn better money. And that's the difference between farming specialty and going all the way there because it means a lot of expenses and a lot of time invested from the farmer side in order to get to a product that you categorize as specialty. But mm. uh, it also means for us to get a great product in order to pay a differential price and for the farmer to get uh, the reward back because they 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 deserve it and that's what that's why we will pay the extra, um, uh, uh, let's say, differential when it comes to specialty coffee compared to commodity coffee. So we are really, really happy to have same farmers that we used to have before that you tasted that IPA that you love so much, which is Rodrigo Sanchez. This time from him for you to try when it is released. I'm not going to tell you by whom yet, but a whiskey in uh, 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 fermented coffee. Yes, oh, yeah. that one is great. Uh, yeah. and, and the rum was also released last year. I don't know if you got to taste that coffee also from Rodrigo. So he, 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 
is really good at, at, at doing those fermentations. Uh, Rodrigo, Elkin, Nicolás Ocampo, and Nicole Wasen from Finicala Julia, uh, Sebastián Ramírez for, from El Placer, which also is blowing our minds every season with things that he actually sold his suggestions. And, 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 and sometimes we buy blindly his, his coffees. Um, the new farmer from Café Roldan, Paula Concha, Uh, Luis Valdez from La Cristalina um, and uh, uh, Finca Milan with their culturing uh, methods, uh, Julio Madrid. So it's it's a group of people uh, which is quite varied, but uh, we are, let's say, staying so far with all of them because we know that they constantly offer quality We have direct communication with them. The trade is as, as clear and as transparent as, as it can be. And all that information is there also for the roaster to access it. So we love the fact that, like Nicole said, we became like a team with our producers back in origin. Because yeah. I remember the last time we guys we had you guys on the show, um, you were talking about um, the experience that you went through when you went to visit some of the farms in Colombia. So that relational aspect, it is quite important, um, especially, and it, it does work for you. Like you are saying, you can easily text and be like, hey, what's going on with this processing method? Then they can they can answer they can answer to you with regards to that. And, and I think another thing that you've mentioned as well is um, the fact that you've got direct, you do direct trade with them. And then obviously that it's accessible for roasters and, and anyone generally who wants to know what that process is all about. And I think in in today's terms with you know the economy, inflation and all that, there comes the the question of coffee price. Um, what does it mean for me to pay a premium price and how does that look like uh, for, for a consumer as me and Philip? Um, can you just explain how that process works and how um, your work versus the obviously the, the farmers, um, the producers? And obviously, eventually getting to us in the cafe, why does that price increase when you have to buy our flat white to an American? What causes the um, coffee price to increase in, in a sense? That concludes the first part of the conversation that we have with Saibore. If you'd like to find out more, in continuation to part two about what causes coffee prices to increase, what can both consumers and roasters expect from these incredible uh, beans that um, Nicole and Jose have managed to bring into the South African shores, please stay tuned for the second episode. Um, it will be great if you don't listen in isolation, you listen to both parts, uh, part one that we just finished now and also part two which you should release also shortly so that you can get a better understanding of what Cyborus is all about and the incredible work that you have doing as well. Um, as Philip has mentioned in the beginning, if you have not yet subscribed to the episode, to our podcast, please do so. It's Black Plus Coffee on any and all of your podcast, uh, favorite podcast apps. Uh, and do check Cyborus out on their website. It's in our episode description. Thank you so much for, for listening to the first part. Um, hopefully you listen also to the second part so that you can get a better and clearer understanding of the conversation that we had with them. It's quite a dense and insightful conversation. Hence, we decided to break it down into two parts. Until the next episode, until the second part, 
We are Black Plus Coffee. We love coffee. We drink coffee. Cheers.